Yo, my name is Richie Marufo of the Barbed Wire Open Mic Series, a.k.a. BWAMS, and you're listening to the El Paso Creatives Podcast Show. Without further ado, here's the show. I'm Richard Wilmore, host of the Richard Wilmore Show, and I am a guest today. We're talking all things creative. Hey, Richard. Well, nice to have you on the show today. Um, just to give myself a little intro. Hey, guys, what's up? My name is Isaac Hernandez. You're your host for the Creatives Podcast Show. Today, we have Richard, a guy who's been a big talent in the streaming services and hosting his own show, um, a self-made show, award-winning show. And so, Richard, just to, to give the audience a little background on yourself, just give yourself like a little two to five minute um, introduction of who you are, what you do, and what you're all about. Sure. Uh, I grew up in Wisconsin, and I lived there for 30 years. And, you know, like any eight-year-old boy, I wanted to be a talk show host. So yeah. that's what I wanted to do since I was very young and I didn't know how to do that. So I thought, oh, I'll just become famous and then I'll get a talk show. And then I never became famous. But at one point, um, I did end up with a talk show. I did a talk show um, on a local channel in Milwaukee in 2009 or 10. We did a couple episodes of that. It was like a, a limited series. Uh, and it was their first show that ever had a live audience. And they were very nervous about that. But I was like, we need a live audience for a show like this. Um, and then I got married and moved to Maryland where I converted a basement into a TV studio. So I had bands come in, I had audience members and we would, I started filming. But I never realized when I started filming, all I wanted to do was host a show. I never wanted to edit videos. I never wanted to create any of that stuff. That like never had interested me. I just wanted to talk to people. So I filmed my first episode and realized I had all this footage and I needed to do something with it. And so that's kind of how everything else unfolded after that. Well, what, what are the adjustment curves, I guess, when you were growing up and learning how to do all this, you just mentioned you didn't like to do editing and all that. Um, did you have to like really get in down deep into that and teach yourself how to do it? Um, how did you learn about it before you self-made? Did you take classes, things like that? I taught myself. So I Googled free editing software because I had no idea. And I think I started out with like iMovie or something because I had an iPad. And I just started learning on my own, watching YouTube videos and making mistakes and figuring out, figuring it out really on my own. So my goal with my show is every episode to improve something, like look back and improve something to make it better. Cause I'm always learning cause it's just me doing it. Yeah. And, and I love that is like the, the self-learning part of it. A lot of people say, you know, they need to have these most expensive softwares, tools, microphones, mm -hmm. like that you really don't need it. You have the very basics as far as that everybody has a cell phone in their hand, you know, the, yeah. you know, you can make anything really possible happen. I want to touch back a little bit to the reference you mentioned in your description of, you know, growing up as a reference of the poor Ryan Seacrest. Tell us a little bit about that. Maybe how you grew up and, you know, how you got to the point you're at right now. Uh, so I, I didn't grow up as the poor Ryan Seacrest. I feel like I'm the poor Ryan Seacrest now. I feel like I have my show and I host a podcast and I work on all these other different shows like Ryan Seacrest. Ryan Seacrest like owns all of television and radio and is making a gazillion dollars. And I'm doing the same thing on a very much lower level. That's how I feel. Um, but I grew up the middle child. We, my, both of my parents had a lot of medical issues, so we didn't have a lot of money. And I always thought, when my dad first got sick with cancer in 1992, I thought, I, when I get famous, I'm going to start a cancer charity and I'm going to help people like us who need help. Um, 
and now I work for a, a nonprofit organization that does exactly that. So it's kind of a cool full circle moment. But um, yeah, I grew up in a town of 600 people and it was just me in my bedroom playing talk show host while my brothers were out playing baseball or basketball or whatever they were doing. I had my own little world that I created. And the, and the Hearts Need Art Project. Um, so you wanted to help people, specifically also artists, creatives. That's what your platform is about. Talk a little bit about that nonprofit organization, why you got into it, why you built it. Sure. When I moved to Texas, uh, six months after I moved here, I was going through a divorce. And so I moved out of our house and I was feeling sorry for myself. And, and I thought, you know what, I need to get out of here and I need to go be happy. And for me, the arts are happiness, like going to see theater, going to concerts, all that live stuff is so exciting to me. So I took myself to a theater here in um, San Antonio and someone at the theater who I knew said, oh, I want you to meet someone. They have a booth here and it was a nonprofit and it was the founder, Constanza. And she had this little table set up with this little cardboard sign that she made herself. And it's all creative arts. We do, they do writing and music and visual or virtual, yeah, visual arts with patients in hospitals, adult patients and caregivers and medical staff. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is what I wish I had as a kid. This is what I wish my parents had access to. And so I met her and I had her on my show. I brought her on my show and we did a whole thing with um, her. And she went away. And a couple of weeks later, I thought, you know what? Like all my bills are paid. I'm healthy. I need to like, maybe this is where I should be. So I emailed her and we met for coffee and I started volunteering. And um, at the time I didn't know how I wanted to help them, but I was running social media accounts for small businesses. And so I offered to volunteer and run their social media accounts. And then I saw that this woman was running this entire nonprofit all by herself. And so I just kept taking more work, give me more work, give me more work. And then she eventually created the first full-time position for me at Hearts of the Art. So that's how I got into that. And that was 2018. Mm. And your, your whole, I guess your whole um circle is around helping the artists helping the creators just helping people in general why do you think yeah. that's so important to help people nowadays especially in the days that we're living in now and especially artists and creatives um even moving into that digital space and you know just keeping them going especially when the, the pandemic hit um, how tough it was for artists to get out there and be showcased um, how important do you think in your eyes it is to help these artists and creatives I mean, when you think about what happened at the beginning of the pandemic, when everyone online, when museums were giving away free virtual tours, when people were on their balcony singing to their neighbors, when people were giving away free concerts, like everyone turns to the arts in a time of crisis and you don't necessarily realize it. And th that that's what we're doing. But I, I love thinking about what would happen if we use the arts before the time of crisis. You know, if you were if you were ingesting the arts, you don't necessarily have to be a great painter or write music. It's going to theater. It's going to a museum that actually has health benefits. And I feel like through Hearts Need Art, I, it literally saved my life. It was like the worst time of my life. And it was what gave me the most joy. And I think the reason I have my show is I... I wanted to give a platform to people who were doing amazing things, you know, like Tom Cruise can make a movie and he, it's a good or a bad movie and he can go on every show out there 
but we have people making great movies on their iPhones or doing albums in their closets and releasing all this great stuff and they have nowhere to talk about it. And it's amazing stuff. There's everyone's creative to a certain, to a certain degree. And there are people doing some really cool stuff and they have nowhere to go to talk about it. And I really wanted to give people a place to, to talk about it and to celebrate themselves and to celebrate those victories. Yeah. And so you do a lot of, uh, you have managed too much and time management is a key aspect in that. A lot of people get overwhelmed, overstressed and everything too. How do you deal with that? How do you manage your time? How do you organize everything running two different platforms? If you run even more, um, how do you go about all that? I do run more than that. I have physical calendars, like paper calendars, like old school calendars. I have digital, like on my email, I have multiple calendars within multiple calendars. And I hope that I don't make too many mistakes, but it really is like when people will, my friends will call me and be like, Oh, Hey, do you want to grab lunch? Like I literally have 12 minutes, you know, like my days are very structured with hour by hour of what to do to fit it all in. But I also love it because it's all creative stuff. I get to listen to live music every day and I get to watch, I get to paint and I like, it's not a bad gig if you can get it. Exactly. And you're doing what you love, which is the most important yeah. part. A lot of people don't understand that. Um, have you ever faced any type of criticism, maybe any type of negative feedback towards what you're doing and how did you overcome that as well? Um, I've never, well, I, I guess, I, I guess maybe that would be my brother, my younger brother, uh, is, a, I guess it would be a little criticism because I, I started my show and it's all my money and I don't, you know, I'm not on a network. NBC isn't paying me to do this show. So a lot of what drives the show is my checkbook. And my brother's always like, I don't understand why you're doing that. Like, why are you putting so much time into something that's giving you no money, but it gives me so much joy that I can't not do it. You know, I'll do a season and my rule for myself, since I'm not under a contract with anything is I do it until it becomes too much work with my show. Like if it's, if I'm doing too many other things or hearts need art, which actually pays my bills. If, if there's too much going on there, I'll be like, all right, I need to take a break. This is becoming too much work. But after two months, I'm like, all right, I need to get back out there. I want to talk to people. And, so and most of it is, is entrepreneurial tendencies. And you know, what is it, how, how you can really benefit yourself, but that same token, living off to your mission and your vision of helping the people and a lot of people don't really understand that part of it is the bigger picture of why you're doing it okay you might not be paying yourself yet but the next question i have for you is what have been the biggest impacts that you've seen with what you're doing with the with the hearts need art or your show um what have been the biggest impacts that you've seen come out of them what i love about my show is that it's been a great place of connection for multiple people like people now have jobs because of my show they've met a guest on my show because they were a guest and they now have jobs there are organizations working with other organizations because of it i literally just filmed a couple interviews yesterday and i had one guest um being interviewed and the other one waiting outside and they had no idea that the other one was there and they walked in and they had worked together and hadn't seen each other in six years until the moment on my show. And they had no idea they were both there. They worked together at uh, SeaWorld, I think. And they had never seen each other since they stopped working together. So they sat down on, on my chairs and talked for like 15 minutes to catch up. And so the first guest leaves and I interview the second guest and we're walking out and um, a guest I had on previously was dropping off some books because we're giving them away when her episode airs. 
and we walk out the door and the guest I just interviewed goes, oh my gosh, do you work at whatever place? And the woman said, yes. She goes, you work with my mom. And they knew each other. So then they talked for 15 minutes. And that's, I, I love moments like that on my show. And it happens a lot. I wish I could get that on camera because it's so, like, I just love those moments of, of pure connection with people. And that's, I think what they're going to remember about my show. They're not going to remember any question I asked them, but they're going to remember like, oh my gosh, I had a really good time on his show because, because I met that person I hadn't seen in six years, or I got a job because of his show or, you know, like, I think that's the cool stuff. Yeah. Well, what I really love about everything you're building, your whole platform, your whole community, is that you're all about bringing people together. You're all about the networking part of it, the connections. Really, your your show is about helping people. And yeah. a lot of people understand what you're doing. That that's, I guess that's a more bigger value than the financial side of things. Obviously, you need the financial side to live. But when you have an impact that big, I feel like that's the impact that is really needed, especially in today's world and the communities we live in and everything, too. How... How do you market your now? A lot of people do this stuff as well. A lot of people do streaming services, podcasts, things like that, right? How do you go about marketing yourself and making getting sponsorships, uh, promoting yourself, things like that? But that's I think that's a key aspect where a lot of people get stuck on. So how do you go about I will I'm not a very good liar, so I'm just gonna tell you that I'm really bad at it. Um I realized very recently actually that I needed to start promoting myself, which is why I went and started booking myself on podcasts like this and because i i realized you need to promote yourself you can't put out the product and expect no one to how do you how are people going to find you if you're not talking about it right so um i was using social media like everybody else and uh i've done billboards which are really cool you can actually do really cheap billboards they're digital billboards that uh actually worked really well um but it's also just like going to networking. Like I go to theaters, I go to the places where my guests would be to meet them. And then it's like, Oh, you were, I was on your show. Let me introduce you to this person and that person. And then it kind of becomes that community. So that's, you know, now that we can go out again, that's been the best part is just going out and meeting people and going to the places where the people who would be on my show are. What, what, what I've learned is that people are your biggest ROI um, mm-hmm. in, in the world in any type of business that you do. It's the people who are going to get you somewhere. You never know the person you're going to meet who's going to connect you to somebody who can just make exactly. everything that you're doing blast off. Exactly. Um, a, apart from that, and, and, and a key point is just networking, you know, just go out there and just network and throw out your business cards and just talk to random people. Yeah. Um, another key thing I wanted to ask you is within building all your brands, all your platforms, everything, what is the hardest stuff you went through, maybe mistakes, sacrifices, especially sacrifices that you had to go through uh, in order to keep going on and stuff like that? I think I'm, I'm very, I don't know anything about like audio things. So like, I don't know how to set up all of that to make it as good as I want it to be. So that's very frustrating to me. So um, I just reached out well, actually someone was on my show and offered to come and help. So asking for help when you need it, especially when you're trying to do everything alone, you don't have a crew, you don't like, and people who love you and people who support you and want the show or whatever you're doing to succeed will help you, but they don't know you need help if you don't ask for it. So that's, I think what I've learned is like, if you need something, just ask for it. The worst they can say is no, but also you're not going to get any further ahead if, if you never ask for what you need. 
And and what type of individuals have you came across that have had the biggest influence in your life and really taught you something that made you better? Uh, I think a lot of the people who are on my show give me a lot of inspiration because we're all sort of in the same boat of like creating something, putting out great products and really just like doing what we're passionate about. And when I see people on my show who are excited about that, or if I'm in a hospital room making art with someone who hasn't made art in 50 years and the excitement in their eyes and in their faces, like that to me, I feel like I could conquer the world after I leave one of those like sessions. And, and one, of the, one of the things we, we kind of touched on a little bit, we didn't we talk about it too much is how, how do you think it's so important for artists, creatives, and anything like that to be having a digital presence? I, I've met a lot of different artists, mm -hmm. creatives, who they don't like to be on the digital presence, which to me, it's like, it's ludicrous because I'm like, how do you not want to be on social media? That's the place you're going to network and really grow your brand. How important do you think that is to put yourself on social media and all the different platforms? And which ones do you think are the most important? I mean, I think you have to now. I think everybody has to have it. Otherwise, you don't even seem legitimate anymore. You know, it's like at a certain point, if you didn't have a website, like, are you a real business if I can't, like, look you up on a website? Um, I run social media accounts for businesses, so I get that part of it. So by the time it comes to me, I'm like, oh, God, like, so sick of scrolling. Um, but it is important. I think it's also what people sometimes forget is it's important to, like, interact with the people who are interacting with you. You know, like people can like or comment or whatever, but you have to take that time to start that interaction because that's also what they're going to remember. It's like, oh my gosh, he replied to my comment. Like, and stuff like that. Like, I just saw something, I think on Facebook the other day that some musician was like, why do I need a TikTok just to like make music? Like this is, and it is a lot. It's a lot of work, especially when you're doing it alone because you're not just making what you set out to make, you now have to like run all of these platforms in order to do it. But that's, it's also a really cheap way to advertise yourself as opposed to back in the day when you were taking out newspaper ads and magazine ads. And I don't know, I, I go back and forth because it, it's a lot and it can take up so much of your day, but it, it's a really important part of the job. And, and I completely understand you. I run multiple social media accounts as well. It does get overwhelming. But at yeah. the same token, like you said, it's free resources you have that bring so much value, the biggest value. Yeah. Yeah. And it's free. I mean, yeah. even when you run ads on Facebook, Instagram, they're like pennies, you know, they're yeah. cents and stuff. And so that's the most valuable part. Um, another thing I kind of wanted to ask you, too, is what's probably the biggest skill that you learned in what you're doing that had really taken a toll in you and really helped you out and taught you something new or really expanded your vision and what you're doing? I think a skill I learned is to be um, more confident in myself. That's what I've really learned is like, I actually have a really good show. <laughs> and there was a time when I would never say that. Like, I was like, put out the product, do it, walk away, don't watch it, don't do anything, whatever it is, is what it is. But then I realized like, no, in order for people to be attracted to the show and to me, I also need to be attracted to all of it. I need to be attracted to me and my show and be confident in that. And that's a skill that not everybody has. You know, there are very confident people and then there are not very confident people. And being confident in what you're creating 
is a really big part of even like publicizing it because then if someone comes up to you and asks you about it you can either be like oh yeah i have a show whatever you can find it go to my website or you can talk about it for 20 minutes now and, I, wanna, I wanna touch that point a little bit is i want to touch the point of your mindset how do you keep yourself driven motivated how do you stay true to your passion how do, especially when you build such of a big of a brand of such of a big of a show um how do you stay true to your vision true to yourself uh, really motivated and things like that for yourself specifically uh, I, it's the people that are, that come on my show. I love it when I don't have to reach out to people and people come to me and say, Hey, can I come on your show? I love it when past guests had such a fun time that they have a new project and they reach out and go, Hey, I want to come back. Um, and like I said before, it's when it becomes work that I know I need to take a break and that's motive. Like I need that cool down time. And then I'm motivated again. Then I get ideas. Oh, we can add this game. Maybe, you know, I just moved into a really big studio to film my show. So that was exciting. Like I need to keep it fresh for me. And, you know, after it's usually like two or three months that I take off every year, like a little summer vacation. And by that time I'm ready because it's, it's a lot of work. This is why TV shows have crews of 300 people exactly. and not just one person. Exactly. And film sets too. I mean, film sets have like yes. a person for every little thing because every little person is important. And yes. so the next thing that comes out of that is how important do you think it is to work with people? And even especially if you, if you have your own team or if you don't, but if you do, how important do you think it is to put your team first before you? Well, and that's really why I've been working on sponsorships is because I want to be able to pay people to come in and help me. Like that to me is the priority right now because that's going to, paying me isn't going to really make the show any better, but getting a crew in that can help with cameras and, and to be able to buy better cameras and to buy better equipment to film it, um, that's important to me to get people around, to get more creative people around, you know, like you're, you never be the smartest person in the room is what I think. I love getting ideas from other people. I love when people are creative and can go out on their own and be like, you know what, we should try this instead. Cool. Let's try it. What's the worst that happens? It doesn't work. And, and I love that whole part you just said of never being the smartest person in the room. You never want to have too much ego, too much pride, especially when you're running a team. And especially if there's people that are helping you for free in a way too, you want to respect mm -hmm. the time and their ideas and things like that. I have a teammate of mine. His name's Angel. He's helping me out right now. That dude is without him. I wouldn't have some type of big production that I do when I get in person and things like that. And so it, it, it's true. It comes down to the people who are willing to help you because they believe in your vision. And I think that's yeah. an important part of it. Um, two last things I wanted to ask you is what's the biggest piece of advice you've gotten, whether it's an advice that you want to give out or somebody's given you that really had a big impact and that you want to give out? I feel like um, advice would be to not like stifle yourself and if you have a passion and something you really believe in that you at least need to to try it and give yourself time to try it not like oh my gosh i filmed one episode and it was bad so i'm never going to do it again like i have episodes i filmed that i've never put out because they're awful <laughs> and i don't want to embarrass the person who was on and i don't want to embarrass the show but that doesn't mean I should not be doing it. You know, there are episodes that the audio is crap or the video is blurry. Um, and it's really frustrating, but I know that there's a good product in there. So you need to give yourself time that, you know, I thought, oh, I'll start my show and then I'll become famous in two days. Like, 
it'll be on you like back in the day there wasn't all this social media so i was putting it on youtube and i thought oh i'll be like this will get a million views and then i would watch every five minutes how many views does it have and i can't i stopped looking at how many views my show has because it doesn't matter like the people who need to find it will find it and uh you put up the best show you can you know you give 100 percent, and that's all you can ask for and if if a million people watch it, that's great. If 20 people watch it, those 20 people probably left and are happier today. So that's what I would say. I completely agree with that too. It's patience and giving it time. You know, it's yes. everybody starts at zero. It's just putting out a bunch of content out there and yeah. you know, releasing it. And, and I like how you mentioned, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say like the people you think are like overnight successes are never overnight successes. Exactly. Like it's just that you just found out about them or they got that big break, but those overnight success comedians have been going in little crappy clubs for 20 years before some random person found them and now all of a sudden they're an overnight success mm -hmm. everybody starts at zero and there's that big thing of you know rome wasn't built in a year type of thing you yeah. know and That's so it's just pushing and i like how you mentioned if 20 people watch it they left happy because those 20 people are your true 20 people fans you know yes. and so it's all about building it organically and everything too the last thing i wanted to ask you too is um what is something you know now that you wish you would have known when you first got started? Um, how to hook up a microphone. <laughs> I like, I look back, I was looking, I just started with a media company over this summer and I was looking back and I thought, oh, I'll do like past episodes, like to kind of roll through the summer through my summer break and like the best of, right? So I'm going through and looking at the shows that have the highest views to put those out. I'm like, you can't hear it. You can't like, what was I thinking? I like, those types of things were never in my in my brain of like oh people i just wanted to talk to people it's uh, however that worked i didn't care if you could hear it on a video i just wanted to hear people's stories so that would be it probably how to hook up on my i just don't even really know mm -hmm. and getting your voice out there so you know just just yeah. plug yourself in a little bit here you know where can people look for you reach out to you where can they find you that type of stuff so of course we're on all the social media things like we talked about because we have to be at rich wilmore show i have a website richardwilmore.com and then hearts need art which is a great great nonprofit organization is heartsneedart.org awesome cool and so i hope one day we can cross collab again or something like that talk again in the future and everything too yep, uh, maybe work together sometime in the future as well but um definitely guys I mean, you have a gold microphone so i feel like that's power and <laughs> i want it well, well, here's the fact. This microphone, and this is going back to just starting with whatever you have. This microphone right here is actually some cheap microphone I bought on Amazon, but it gets the job done. And I didn't have a microphone. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to get something, get the job done, and start progressing from there. So that's just a testimony right here. Yeah. You can do with anything that you have, you know? This is true. Mm -hmm. And so, definitely, man, I appreciate you coming on to the show and taking the time out of your busy day to be on here and everything, too. Is there any last things that you wanted to mention or things like that before we let you go? Uh, I think. I think I talked enough, I would assume. I don't know. Uh, I feel like all I did was talk. But I want to thank you for having me on. This is this is great. Of course. Cool. So we'll stay in touch. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And I'm going to let you go. But thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. And if you haven't already, make sure you're following El Paso Creatives on Instagram, YouTube, and other social media.